Good morning, church. Let us all pray together. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. I pray, God, for a similar humility as Job declared when he saw you face to face. As he had heard of you and as he has seen you, let us repent in dust and ashes. We come before you right now this morning, Lord, with humility. And we ask, God, that you would strengthen us and restore us. And I pray, God, you would continue to guide our steps every single day to be more and more like you. Allow our hearts to break for what breaks your heart, O oh God. And help us to have compassionate hearts and loving hearts and forgiving hearts to love you more deeply and to know you more deeply. Not just to know you, but also to be known by you, for you have called us by our name. So I pray for humility right now as you transition to the message. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts who will be listening here today, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For you are our rock and our deliverer. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious son. Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And amen. The title of today's message is called The Aseity of God. The Aseity of God. When I say the aseity of God, the definition, the word aseity, it means this. It means independent existence, existence by self-origination, existence originating from and having no source other than itself. Meaning, the aseity of God is our God is the uncreated creator. He is the independent, self-existent God. He has always existed from the beginning. No one created God. Rather, God is the creator of all existence. All of creation were created by God and are sustained by God. That's why it says here in our main scripture, Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9, it says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Amen and amen. Let me just begin, before we get to our points, if you look at the title, it's an image of Job seeing God when God declares himself of who he is to Job. After all of his suffering, he reveals himself to Job. And the chapters that I'm about to read, it's a little bit long, but follow along with me. We're not going to read the whole thing. But it's a chapter, it's a story 
of how Job, he humbles himself, and in the end, when he sees God, and after God declares himself to Job, he says, I repent in dust and ashes, for I have heard of you, for I have seen you. Therefore now I repent in dust and ashes. And it shows how powerful our God is. So starting with chapter 38, with verse 1, it says this, Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. The title says, The Lord Speaks. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place, that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the adobe of light? And where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail? which are reserved for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm? To water a land where no one lives, an inhibited desert, to satisfy a desolate wasteland and make it sprout with grass. Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens? When the waters become hard as stone, when the surface of the deep is frozen? Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out of bear with his cups? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds 
and cover yourself with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you, here we are? Who gives the ibis wisdom or gives the rooster understanding? Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? When the dust becomes hard and the clouds of earth stick together, do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? When they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in a thicket, who provides food for the raven when its young cry out to God and wander about for lack of food? Chapter 39, verse 1. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Do you count the months till they bear? Do you know the time they give birth? They crouch down and bring forth their young. Their labor pains are ended. Their young thrive and grow strong in the wilds. They leave and do not return. Who let the wild donkey go free? Who untied its ropes? I gave it the wasteland as its home, the salt flats as its habitat. It laughs at the commotion in the town. It does not hear a driver's shout. It ranges the hills for its pasture and searches for any green thing. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? Will it stay by your manger at night? Can you hold it to the furrow with the harness? Will it tell the valleys behind you? Will you rely on it for its great strength? Will you leave your heavy work to it? Can you trust it to haul in your grain and bring it to your threshing floor? The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully, though they cannot compare with the wings and feathers of the stork. She lays her eggs on the ground and lets them warm in the sand, unmindful that a foot may crush them, that some wild animal may trample them. She treats her young harshly, as if they were not hers. She cares not that her labor was in vain, for God did not endow her with wisdom or give her a share of good sense. Yet when she spreads her feathers to run, she laughs at horses and rider. Do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make a leap like a locust, striking terror with this proud snorting? It paws fiercely, rejoicing in its strength and charges into the fray. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side, along with the fleshing spear and lens. In frenzied excitement, it eats up the ground. It cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. At the blast of the trumpet, it snorts. Aha! It catches the scent of battle from afar. The shout of commanders and the battle cry. Does the hawk take flight by your wisdom and spread its wings toward the south? Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? It dwells on a cliff and stays there at night. A rocky crag is a stronghold. From there it looks for food. Its eyes detected from afar. Its young ones feast on blood. And where the slain are, there it is. Chapter 40, verse 1. The Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct them? 
Let him who accused God answer him. And take a look at Job's first answer to God. He responds two times. This is the first time. It says in verse 3, Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm, and God continues, Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's? And can your voice thunder like his? Fast forward to chapter 41, verse 1. Can you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook or tie down its tongue with a rope? Can you put a cord through its nose or pierce its jaw with a hook? Chapter 42, verse 1, closing with this. It says, Then Job replied to the Lord, his final answer to God. Second and final response to God is, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that scares my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Amen and amen. This shows how powerful our God is. Leviathan is a mythical creature that is found in the water. Those of you who fear the ocean, being on top of the ocean, in the vast of the depth of the sea of the water that is underneath, who knows what types of creatures are underneath? That is one of my biggest fear, also Andy's biggest fear. But it says God, he speaks of the Leviathan in chapter 41, verse 1. He says, can you pull in Leviathan with a fish hook or tie down his tongue with a rope? Can you put a cord through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? God is talking about the weather. God is talking about the animals. God is talking about nature. God is talking about the whole world, the snow, the rain, the storms, that he is in control, that he is the aseity of God, the safety of God is that no one created God, but God created all things, for everything comes from him and him alone. No one came before God. God is who was and who is and who will always be. The safety of God means that God is God. It means that God says of himself, point number one, I am who I am. That is the title of God. Who says that about themselves when you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is, and then the other person says, oh, yes, nice to meet you. My name is, I am who I am. 
It's like, what? You wanna, who do you think you are talking in third person? But God says specifically in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. When Moses encounters God, God says of himself, I am who I am. Ahieh, Asher, Ahieh. Meaning, I am who I am. Let's read verse 13. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Just like the song that we sang, from generation to generation. God is saying, know my name. I am who I am. Know my name. Look to me. In your difficult circumstances, look to me. Don't look at yourself. Look to me, for I am eternal. I am the God of your forefathers, of your fathers, Moses. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Jacob. This is my name forever, from generation to generation to generation until the end of times. I am who I am, and I will exist forever. I am eternal. From the beginning to the end, Alpha and Omega, I am always here and I've always been here. The one who always was and always will be. That's what it means. I am who I am. The safety of God. I am who I am. So quickly, some points here, letter A. God is eternal. God is Sovereign. God is perfect. Letter D, God is independent. God is completely independent. Letter E, God is self-sufficient. Letter F, God is unchanging. Lastly, letter G, God is never in need. God did not create human beings. He did not create you because he was lonely. Or because... He just wanted to create something. He created you for a purpose. He created you because he loved you before you were even born. To have a relationship with you. For you to have a relationship with him. Again, God is eternal. God is sovereign. God is perfect. God is independent. God is self-sufficient. God is unchanging. God is never in need. So many people, when we go through trials and hardships in life, we tend to go for books with self-help, books that will guide us, thinking that these books 
is the answer to our problems. And sometimes books are good because it helps us understand to make sure that we compartmentalize the things, the crazy things, all the amounts of thinking, all the thoughts in our heads, we we're able to put it in its place. But ultimately, what we're supposed to do when we go through hardships like Job, there was no other human being other than Jesus. Job, really, he lost everything. Not only did he lose his family, but he lost his health, his body, and he was sick. And health is the greatest wealth, right? And we are really truly tested when we lose our health. But you would expect in chapter 38, going to when God speaks to him to chapter 42, you would expect God to give some sort of an answer to Job, a self-help answer to help him. But what does God say? He speaks of himself. He speaks of the safety of himself. He speaks of who he is, that I am who I am. He doesn't give Moses a typical answer to motivate him. But he says, tell him, I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. Which means God is eternal. God is sovereign. He is perfect. He is independent. He is self-sufficient. He is unchanging. And he is never in need. And Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. We understand through Scripture that God is the same always. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am who I am. Ahie, ashe, ahie, meaning I am who I am. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen and amen. I am who I am. Point number two, I am everlasting. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28 to 31. It says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Right, Andy? This is the passage you wrote in the Christmas card. He doesn't remember. <laughs> but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be Whenever I read this passage, I feel young and strong. 
Because even though youths grow tired and weary, young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. But before that, it says what? In verse 28, the Lord is the everlasting God. I am able to have strength because of who God is. Not because of my youth and my strength, but because of who my God is. Because he is everlasting. I am everlasting. Just like the song, you are the everlasting God. The everlasting God, you do not faint and you won't grow weary, which is taken from this passage, Isaiah chapter 40. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles, like the thing that we do for VBS, right? We do this. We lift us on wings like eagles. Strength will rise as you wait upon the Lord. As you wait upon the Lord. As you wait upon the Lord. You are the everlasting God. You do not faint. You won't grow weary. For you are the everlasting God. I am everlasting. Going to point number three. I am God. I am God. There are so many meanings in the Bible of the name of God the names of God. And we must know these names to understand who our God is. So let's just get to these lists. Starting with the first one, Elohim, which means God. It's referring to God's power and might, meaning he is the only supreme and true God. Elohim. All Hebrew. Second is Yahweh. Yahweh meaning the Lord. It is referring to the proper name of our divine God. Yahweh. The name of God is so holy that we cannot just say God, but we have a name for God. Yahweh and Elohim. And we dare not even casually write his name, casually, because his name is all-powerful. His name is holy. He is the almighty God. Elohim, Yahweh, El Elyon, meaning that God is the most high. He is above every other lowercase g gods, all other religion. All other gods cannot compare to who my God is, El Elyon, the most high God. Nothing in life is more sacred than to know our most high God. El Roy, meaning it's God who sees. He sees everything. He counts your tears. He sees your tears. He hears the cry of your hearts, meaning God, he oversees, just like what we read in Job chapter 38 to chapter 42. God, he oversees 
all creation and the affairs of all relationships of all people. It is God who is in everything in all creation from the smallest, from the bugs to the animals to the human being, affairs of people to the relationships of people. God is the center. God sees Elroy. He counts your tears and he hears the desires and the cries of your hearts, Elroy. Next, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. God Almighty. That God is all-powerful. The mighty God. Next, Yahweh Ireh, meaning the Lord will provide. He is the one that provides everything we need. He provides our real needs, our heart's desire. When we desire to know God and be filled with his presence, he is Yahweh Ireh. Our financial needs, our needs to our family, to our relationships, to the things that we need, he provides Yahweh Ireh. Jehovah Rapha, meaning God who heals. He heals you. He heals and restores. He is the great physician, the great doctor, the God who heals all of your pain, all of your brokenness, Jehovah Rapha. Yahweh Nisi is one of my favorite, meaning the Lord is my banner, my banner, meaning we need to remember God for helping us. He is my banner. Whenever you see sports or in the Olympics, people have banners representing their country, where they come from, their motherland. But we have the banner of God. So when we go into battle, when we face temptations, when we face against the enemy, we have the banner of my God. The Lord is my banner. I remember my God for helping me. He is my banner. Yahweh Nisi. Adonai. Meaning Lord. God alone is the head over all things. The Lord. Yahweh Elohe Israel. Lord God of Israel. He is the God of the nation. Yahweh Shalom means peace. The Lord is peace, meaning God gives us peace. So we have nothing to fear. We need not fear. Yahweh Shalom. Kedosh Israel, Holy One of Israel. God is perfect. He is morally perfect. That is why He is holy. Kedosh, Israel. Yahweh Sabaoth, meaning the Lord of hosts. God is our Savior and our protector. Olam, meaning the everlasting God, the everlasting God, the passage that we read in Isaiah Chapter 40, right, Andy? What you wrote on the card, you're going to forget. You don't know that you wrote that. Isaiah chapter 40. 
verse 28 to 31. God is eternal. He will never die. Let's continue. Yahweh Sekinu, meaning Sekinu means justice and righteousness, meaning the Lord is righteousness. God is my standard. He alone can make you righteous. That's why it says we put on the breastplate of righteousness. This righteousness does not come from my own righteous acts of good deeds and good works, but it comes from the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yahweh Sekinu. Next, Yahweh Shema. The Lord is here. The Lord is there. Yahweh Shema, like Psalm 139. Even when I'm away, far away, God, you are there. Even when I'm alone, you are there. Even when I'm in my bed, you are there. At the far side of the sea, Lord, you are there. Yahweh Shema, meaning God is always present with us. Never can we outrun him. Can we escape him? For he is right there with us. Atik Yomin, meaning ancient of days. Just like the song that we sing here on Sundays. The ancient of days. Atik Yomin, the ultimate authority that he will one day judge all nations. And lastly, El Kana meaning he is a jealous God. This is a name that we don't really use much, but just be familiar with this, that our God is a jealous God. And as humans, we think jealousy is bad, but no, it comes from God, because true jealousy is being jealous for what is already his. Because we belong to him, he is jealous for you, meaning he is jealous for me, just like the song. He is jealous for me, right? That's where it comes from, El Kana. He is jealous for us. And a little more, you know, God, he is the wall of fire, meaning he is our protection, a life-giving spirit. He revitalizes and gives strength to the weary, just like Isaiah chapter 40, the passage that we just read. Shema, God, Yahweh, Shema, he is there. He is always there for us. The Bible goes on that he is my portion. My God is my maker. My God is my husband. My God is my well-beloved. He is my savior. My God is my hope. My God is my brother, my helper, my physician, my healer, my refiner, my purifier. He is my Lord. He is my master. He is my example. He is my teacher. He is my shepherd. He is my keeper. He is my feeder. He is my leader. He is my restorer. He is my resting place. He is my meat, my food, my drink, my Passover, my peace, my wisdom, my righteousness, my sanctification, my redemption, my all in all. He's the one that serves me as he served the disciples by washing their feet before his death and his crucifixion. He serves his people. 
He is my servant leader, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. I am God. We can go on days and days and days when we talk about I am God. It will never stop. And there are so many passages that I have here which I didn't bring up here in the message, but just get a gist of understanding of who your God is. Amen and amen. And lastly, number four, I am Jesus Christ. I am Jesus Christ. Whenever we talk about the Trinity, I go to John chapter 1, always, to refresh our memory. Let's all turn there, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. And the title says, The Word Became Flesh. Verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, You who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. Out of His fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Amen. And amen. Jesus Christ is God. He was there from the beginning. 
and he will always be here. As it says in Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. And amen. Jesus is the light that shines. The world did not recognize him, but the question is, will you recognize him, the city of God, that he was there from the beginning, and he will continue to be there till the end. Yahweh Shema, he is here. El Roy, God who sees all of your tears, he hears the desires and the cries of your heart. Do you understand the safety of God? So many people think it's about self-help, self-improvement, self-discipline. But the truth and the reality is that when you go through hard times, you need to look to God. You need to understand Isaiah chapter 40, that he is the everlasting God that he was here from the beginning. And as God answered Job, and as Job had no answer back to God, I repent in dust and ashes, showing the humility of Job. We need to humble ourselves, not come to God with complaints, and thinking that we have all the right to complain to God. But we need to trust in him. We need to humble ourselves at this very moment. And we need to understand the safety of God, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen and amen. I'm closing with this. Revelation 4 he says this. And can we all read this together as a church? Ready? One, two, three. Each of the four living creatures has six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and is to come. Can we read it one more time with holy? Ready? With shouts and with confidence. Ready? As a church. Ready? One, two, three. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Amen and amen. The safety of God. For it says in Revelation 19, 16, King of kings and Lord of lords. I am Jesus Christ. What a privilege, what an honor as Christians to know Jesus Christ to have a relationship with him, 
knowing Jesus Christ comes all the blessing of knowing who my God is. He is my portion. He is my maker. He is my savior. He is my healer. He is my hope, my refiner, my shepherd, my resting place, my peace, my wisdom, and everything that comes with it. Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals me from my past and my brokenness. Yahweh Ire, the one that provides for me. Yahweh Nisi, my banner, the one I fight for, the one I live for. Yahweh Shalom, the one who gives me peace. Peace that transcends all understanding. Thank God that he is Alkana for me. That he is jealous for you. Why is he jealous for you? Because you belong to him and because he loves you. And with that truth, let's close with these last two passages. It's on the screen. Hebrews chapter 1, 3 to 4 says this. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. It's talking about Jesus Christ. The radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of who God is. Sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as we learn in the book of Revelation also in our scripture studies. As a name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Skipping to few chapters, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 to 3. The last passage here found. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And other translation says, the part that I memorize is the author and the perfecter of my faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. As mentioned again, as is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 1, Jesus now sits at the right hand of the throne of God, of the majesty in heaven. It says again, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus Christ, who endures such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. And amen. The safety of God. Do you understand who your God is? Do you understand the God that you serve? Can we all stand to our feet? And as I invite the praise team to come up, let's all come together and as a church, let's sing together. Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock.
Now again, as we're about to sing this song one more time, the chorus of this song, let us remember what we talked about, that He is Elohim, that He is Yahweh, El Elyon, El Roy, El Shaddai, Yahweh Ireh, Jehovah Rapha, Yahweh Nisi, my banner, He is Adonai, Yahweh Elohe Israel, Yahweh Shalom, Kedosh Israel, Yahweh Sabaoth, Yahweh Sekinu, He is the righteous God, Yahweh Shema, Atik Yomin, He is El Kana. Don't forget who He is. Aye, Asher, Aye, I am who I am, and with that truth, I am God, I am everlasting, I am Jesus Christ, let's sing, a God of faithfulness and without justice, let's sing with all of our hearts, our soul, mind, and strength.
Lord, just like what we sang just now, this very morning, this new day you have given us, God of faithfulness and without injustice. Lord, you are Yahweh Sekenu, God who is righteous and full of righteousness, full of justice. Lord, thank you, God, that you're El Roy, the one who sees all of our pains, all of our tears, and the one who is in the midst of all our affairs. Lord, we trust in you and we rely on you. And as Job declared with his last words, as he said to you in chapter 42, my ears had heard of you, and now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Lord, in place of already grace given, you have given us more grace through your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we no longer have to live in death, in sin, and in pain as orphans lost out in the streets. But Lord, you have welcomed us as your dear children to be part of your family, to be called your sons and daughters. So God, we place all of our hopes, we place all of our trust, all of our pain, all of our rights, all of our pride. We lay them at the feet of our Lord. Jesus Christ. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And as God's people, we pray. Amen and amen.